All right, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. Vic is back. What's up, bro? I'm back. I'm back like I never left. You know what I mean? Yeah. New year. Uh, definitely before moving forward, I do want to say, you know, a quick shout out and a quick thank you to our boy Anthony for stepping in for me last week. Definitely, man. While I needed some some downtime, I definitely love the episode that you guys put together the energy and then it's always an interesting time when you and Anthony get together. So I definitely enjoyed that. But um but I'm glad to be back and uh be back at it. You know what I mean? I was certainly surprised that um you know we, we had that chemistry there. I was like, I don't really like you dude. Um <laughs> but somehow this worked out. You know, we had spent some time together last week playing ball and stuff. I don't know where none of that came from but it worked out, you know. I sacrificed. It's all fake, <laughs> all right. That's all fake. <laughs> it worked. It worked. So we'll we'll take it. But definitely a shout out to him for 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 stepping in, man. Definitely. So today we're gonna do a little bit. You're know, gonna start off a little bit different. We are gonna talk some football, um, towards the latter part of the episode. But we're gonna start off. Um, obviously, how can we not start off with this topic here? And it's what happened last Wednesday. Um, it was, it was scary, bro. And, um, I've been dying to get to, you know, to this microphone and be able to record with you and talk about everything that happened. So I want to obviously ask you the question with everything that happened, you know, obviously the Capitol being breached and, um, all of these Trump supporters completely destroying everything that was in there. Um, keeping people hostage, basically all because, Joe Biden won the election. <laughs> That's pretty right. much what happened. So I want to get your thoughts on on, on your thoughts on, on the storming of the Capitol last week. What do you think about everything that happened? I mean, it's just one of those moments where, you know, like many moments in 2020 where you're just going to want to grab your head and, and and just say, you know, like, like really, you know, take that, that deep sigh. And it's like, you know, you want to be surprised, but, at the reality, you don't like, you know, when we were putting the outline for this um, topic together, yeah. you know, um, it's perfectly titled. They were who they thought we were, which I know is a, uh, for any sports fan out there knows that that's a word play on, uh, you know, something that the, the late great Danny Green said when he was a coach in Arizona. But um, exact these people were exactly who they thought, who we thought they were. Yep. And so to hear people, you know, be surprised and to to say all of these things like, oh, we didn't think it was going to give up. No, it's been brewing. It's been brewing not only the way that they were um, mobilizing and that they were um, organizing, but the way that they were being fed, um, not only by the president, but by some of his supporters, where they were basically egging them on for weeks you could say basically even before the election um where they were you know just if this if we lose it was cheating and if it was cheating this is what we're gonna do yep and so um you know i'm gonna take my time i guess it's because i haven't been in the microphone for a little bit but also because this this topic really like in enrages me yeah um and for a different level than maybe you may think or probably not the mobilization of what happened last week at the Capitol 
can squarely be put on the president and his people. Absolutely. Um, as, as like I said, this has been this particular monster has been being fed for months now. And so um, so it's not surprising where the organization and the mobilization came from. But the justification and to a certain degree, the minimization of what happened last week goes beyond the president, goes beyond party lines. Um, and, and unfortunately, as much as I want to wish success for the incoming president, Joe Biden, some of it can be put squarely on his shoulders. And I'll explain. When this happened, um, as with any tragedy that happened, and especially everything that's been happening in this country in the last, let's say, 30 years in the, in the digital age, there's a common thing that's always being said in all the statements um, when things like that happen, and not to play the race card, but usually when the people that do the, or that are responsible for the tragedy happen to be white Americans. And so in his statement that um, president-elect, the incoming president, said, he said something that sounded very familiar. Uh, and I quote, the scenes of chaos in the Capitol do not reflect true America, do not represent who we are, he expressed. This is not dissent, it's disorder, it's chaos. And it continues, but I'll reread that, that sentence again. The scenes of, ca of chaos in the Capitol do not reflect true America, do not represent who we are. And with all due respect to the president and anybody else who says this, get real. For, like, yep. how many times in America's history does these things have to continue to happen? Like, how many, like, what's the number of incidents? What's the type of incident where you're going to be able to get in front of the mic and be able to say, you know what, this is who we are. Yep. It may not be the totality of who we are, but this is who we are. Because they say this, they said the statement right now when the, they were all trying to basically overthrow the government and change the, the results of a fair election. They said it when a guy in the middle of a festival um, in Las Vegas decided to just start shooting people. Yep. Um, they said it when a kid, a young kid, decided he wanted to start a race war and walked into a church um, and killed nine people while they were worshiping God, the same God that you claim or a lot of these people claim they serve. And it's still the same repetitive statement that it's not who we are, is not what we represent. And I personally am sick and tired of hearing that statement and want or hope that we can get to the point of saying, you know what, this is who we are. And we need to be able to acknowledge it so that we can start moving forward. Because from its inception, since the moment that this country was founded, it was, it was first of all, it was um, colonized by killing um, Native Americans. Once founded, then people were enslaved. And so in its history, America has shown time and time again, again, not to play the race card, 
But when white America, there is another group of people that they don't like or there's something that they just simply don't agree with, like an election, they're willing to do whatever it takes. And at the end of the day, the rest of America, whether they disagree with it or not, even at a presidential level, aren't willing to call them what they are and to say, yeah, this is part of our identity so that we can start working toward a better future. Man, you, you, you nailed it. You nailed it right where it was supposed to be, man. That's exactly how it's always been. It's always been about, we've had this conversation where we talk about when, when a, a white person does something, whether it's the, the, the kid who went into the church and, and into the black church and, and killed all those innocent people, whether it was that other guy that in Texas went into the church and started killing people, whether it was the right. guy in Las Vegas where he went in uh, or was on a building and started shooting down at people. Well, it's, it's just mental problem. Like, oh, that's not who we really are. No, it is who we are. Right. It is who we are. And there's this quote, all right? There's this quote. I don't know if you ever watched um the newsroom. Have you ever uh, seen it? No, I can't say can't say I know of it, but I, I can't say I watched it. All right. So in this movie, right? Um, there's this one student who comes out and he's he asks a question. There's these three guys on a panel, right? And he's asking asking them the question, why is America, why is the United States the greatest country in the world? Why is America the greatest country in the world? And you have these other two professors saying, well, equality, freedom, right? The third professor comes out and he says, um, you know, he doesn't want to answer it at first because he knows what he's about to do. He eventually answers the question. He goes, you over here, you said something about freedom, like as if we're the only country in the world that has freedom, right? Like he he gives these stats. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math. 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income. He's given all these stats. And at the end, he just, he's pissed off, right? He's like, man, like, I wish we were the greatest country in the world. At least we were at some point. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws. We struck down laws for moral reasons. But we're no longer doing that. We're no longer doing that. It's about me now. It's about what benefits me, right? So in this conversation, it pisses me off, man. And I was I was dying to record this episode because I'm passionate about it, right? right. Because I'm sick and tired. As a Christian, I am sick and tired of the, oh, he's a man of God. Donald Trump is a man of God. During all the looting back in July, all the protesting, they were against it. Oh, that Black Lives Matter movement. Hmm, that's not godly. Oh, they're, they're motive. Oh, they're this. They're that. They're doing the wrong. They shouldn't be protesting. There's no reason to protest, right? They were very vocal about this. The Christians. I'm talking about Christians. Right. The minute this happened, I waited. I waited a day. I waited two days. No one was posting anything. So of I went ahead. Not. So I went ahead and posted on Facebook, on IG. And I wrote, I find it funny. I find it funny that all the Christians who were very vocal, very vocal during the Black Lives Matter movement are all of a sudden quiet. Why are you quiet? You don't have a problem with this? You're, you're okay with this? That your president, your guy, your Christian president incited this, made this happen because you talked about... um. You know, this was kind of planned already. This was already in the movement. We all knew this was going to happen. 
But right before it happened, Donald Trump himself, Donald Trump Jr., uh, um, Giuliani, all three of them, which, by the way, they might be getting charged for, for inciting this, uh, this, that whole situation. All I mean, low-key, I hope they do. Oh, well, not even low-key. Oh, I hope they do. All three of them, all three of them, in their little speech that they were giving right before it happened, they said, oh, we should go to the Capitol and we should fight for what is right. That's right. exactly what they said. So they planned this whole situation. But what pissed me off was that. What pissed me off is that all of a sudden, I can't find any Christians to criticize what happened there. I can't find any Christians who can come up and speak up and say, you know what? I'm going to denounce that. I supported the president, but what he did there was wrong. People died in the Capitol. Something that, and, and another point that I wanted to bring up, and you tell me what you think. What would have happened if it were people from the Black Lives Matter movement, if they uh, tried that stunt? Can you please tell me what would happen? I mean, we all know that would have happened. They wouldn't have gotten within 500 feet of that. Exactly. Of, of any of those buildings. It's, it's that simple. Exactly. And, and, and that's the question I was bringing up. If it were the Black Lives Matter movement, y'all were very vocal during the summer. If this were them, would you be quiet? Or would you still denounce it? And the fact that they were quiet after it happened, that speaks volumes. I wrote that. I was like, the fact that you guys are quiet and all of a sudden you, oh, let's pray for the country. Let's pray for this. Let's pray for that. Where were the prayers back in July? Right. Where were the prayers back in July? Yeah. Oh, no, no. You, you were all pissed off. Oh, look at this. Oh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, Blue Lives Matter. Where are all the Blue Lives Matter people at? Right. Oh, what happened? After, one, after a blue life, if you want to call it that, was literally killed by these people. And as the story comes out, and you hear that this yeah. unfortunate that this man unfortunately lost his his life, yep. being smashed in the head by these very same people that they want to call patriots, and you know, and people that are just angry about. No, these are murderers. These are these are terrorists. But we can't even bring ourselves to call them that. Dude, it it was so infuriating to to see that. Um, I, I was I was super pissed, man. Um, just to see how how everything happened, how the the same cops were the ones that were opening up the gates for these yeah. people to come in. Yeah, right? I read stories, man. And I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I read stories as more information has been been coming out. Yep. That supposedly some of the very people walking in. In, as part of, let's call them, I'm not even going to call them, as part of the terrorists that went into that building yep. were supposedly cops and military people who had the audacity of flashing their badges as they made their way in. Unbelievable. These are man. the people that are supposed to protect and serve, that are supposed to uphold, you know, the Constitution, the the very anthem and the flag that that, that players couldn't kneel for were going in there Lives were lost in the process. And again, we keep going back to the, state, the same statement. And I'm sorry, I'm going to elaborate a little bit because there was a, yeah, yeah. a point that I forgot in, uh, in, 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 the, in the things that I was saying. Like I said, I had a lot of information, <laughs> but I also didn't want to hog the mic completely. Um, and it even speaks to what you're talking about you know, or to what you said about the, the, the show or the movie about the country, I would even go as far as to say that even what he said about that this country used to be that, it used to be, 
But the problem has and continues to be that whatever progress, whatever willing progress, because there's two things. Yeah. There's willing progress that this country makes in favor, as it always has been, yeah. to favor white people. And there, there is the unwilling progress that they've had to make um, in order to give other people the same freedoms that they gave white people. And I'm going to bring this, this take. I'll leave this in your lap and we don't even have to. And it's not an original take. I'll give credit where credit is due. This is, I heard this from Bomani Jones from uh, ESPN in, in a show that I heard recently where he said that he was in, in, when he was in college, a professor of his told them that if you really think about it, America has always claimed to be a democracy, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that America can't even begin to claim that it was a democracy until the 60s, until the Voting Rights Act were passed, because up until then, there was a big chunk of your population who didn't even have the right to vote. And that goes from people of color for a while, it was women as yeah. right, as well. So how can you allege to be a free and fair democracy when so many of your own citizens can't even vote? Yep. You get what I'm saying? So yep. like, there's yeah. a double standard there that, again, has always favored just a section of the population um, while everybody else gets left behind. And that's exactly what we see here. This is people that... Well, we didn't like it. We are entitled. We have this privilege that has been given to us since the beginning of this country. And we'll take out whoever we got to take out in the process, because at the end of the day, what can they really do to us? And that speaks volume again to what I said in the beginning, that as long as we continue to sugarcoat it, or as is often said, as whitewashing yeah. the, the gravity of the situation, then there can't be a path to reconciliation and to progress because we keep saying that it's not who we are. Even, you know, they often say, if it walks like a duck and it talks, America has been quacking since the beginning. And we can't, nah. and we still don't want to call it a duck. Yeah. So how many quacks do, do you need? How many feathers do you need ruffled to say, you know what? It is a duck. We may, maybe we want to be a swan, but right now we're a duck and and that's the problem. You can't even admit it. It's just sad. Like what we're willing to turn a blind eye to um, yeah. all because, and I'm, I'm going to call it as it is, you know, as, as a Christian again, um, obviously one of the biggest reasons as to why people supported the guy was because he, you know, came, he framed himself as a Christian, right? He, he's, he's over here fighting for, for Christian laws. I don't know where I, I had seen a video. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember where it was from either on Twitter or, or IG where the person came out and said, um, he, he, he fooled ya to, you know, to believe that he was for ya. Yeah. Not knowing, and it's something that I've been re repeating for, for months. The guy has, he's a businessman. That's what he is first before anything right. else. That's all he's always been. That's all he's going to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that's all he's been. That's all he's going to be. And he knew right. 
that in order to get votes, he would have to get obviously the white people, right? And he would have to get right. the, the, the white evangelicals and the evangelicals overall, just in general. He knew he mm-hmm. would have to do that. And that's exactly what he did. He doesn't care yeah. about your Christian beliefs. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He cares about him. He cares about right. what benefits him. That's all he cares about. And the fact yep. that we're willing to turn a blind eye because, oh, yeah, he's he's for us. He's a Christian. I have seen this post from, I'm going to say it, I don't care, Redimido. And mm. Anthony actually brought it up, right? He showed me the post, and I and I seen that, and I'm like. By the way, the the guy you, you referenced for people with context is a Christian artist. Yeah, Chris a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Christian yeah. Hispanic artist. He's a Christian Hispanic artist, a rapper, right? And. Mm. He posted something, right? A picture of Donald Trump, and he says, "Oh, we don't know what we're losing. We don't know what what we're doing, right?" Kind of like, "Oh, you're gonna have to suffer uh, during the Joe Biden administration." All these nonsensical things. I'm like, and it pissed me off when I seen that because again, what we're doing here is that we're saying this guy is for Christians. That's all that matters. Everything else doesn't matter. The fact that he's quote unquote for Christians is what matters to me, and that just and again. In the midst of him of of turning a blind eye to what just happened, what he just did by telling those people, because that's what he did. He told those people to go to the Capitol, right, and basically to start a fight to fight for democracy, right. Mm-hmm. You don't care about that. You don't care about the fact that that people had died. You don't care about the fact that these were racist people. There were people inside of the Capitol with Confederate flags. Yeah, and if you aren't educated enough. To understand what that symbol means, then I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. And, and, and man, I, I'm just so disappointed, bro. I'm so I'm so disappointed by some people's reactions. He should get impeached. He shouldn't be able to run again. And the fact that 74 million people voted for this guy, I don't know what to say. Yeah, that and that's again. That's where it speaks to. The the current situation or the current um, issue that, you know, that people actually gravitated towards this. And, and again, it speaks volumes because, and I remember having these conversations even as the, the elections in 2016 were happening, where I had conversations with like fellow believers. Well, yeah. well he's a person that, you know... Um, it doesn't support gay marriage or it doesn't support abortion. And I'm like, or he's going to be good for the economy. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, the man over here, but I remember saying at that time where I was like, what does it matter if gay people can't get married? If, you know, abortions are taken out, like that you can't legally get an abortion. Yeah. And what does it matter if as a country we're well off financially, if we're going to be killing each other over everything else. And that is what from day one, when he came down those stairs announcing his candidacy, that's what this man was, was, has always been projecting when he started targeting um, uh, Mexican people even before that, anybody that knows his history knows his history in New York yep. from the Central Park Five to the time. The man was literally sued by the U.S. government for discrimination against African-American people in his buildings. So you're telling me that you're OK as long as you gay people can't get married, 
and abortions can happen and that you may have a little a little extra money in your pocket what you're telling me is that you are okay with getting those things even if it means the destruction of our society and, and that an- is what no the answer to that is yes yeah i'll, I'll answer for them it's yes yeah. and that and that again is where we lie and so even across party lines like thankfully he's on his way out but the truth of the matter is that his ideals are going to continue um you still have like you mentioned 70 plus million people that voted for him but i think that those people hopefully time and by the grace of god some of them start yeah. you know smartening up but as a nation as a society especially for the people on let's call it the other side um like i mentioned earlier with the incumbent president you cannot continue to give people like this and the country a pass by not acknowledging that there is this rampant this virus since we're we're in the midst of a virus there is a there has been a virus in this country that is called racism and you know and just double privileges and 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 uh and double standards i should say yeah that has been here since the beginning and they still refuse to to admit it and that kind of leads us to the 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 second topic right that's actually a very good segue into the second topic which is you know is there a path for you know forward given the division in our com- in our country right now and i mean yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So like th- that's kind of again, again, it's a it's a very good segue into our second topic right now and um I want to get your thoughts on that. I want you to get us started with that as well. You know, you know, is there a path forward given the division in the country right now? I mean, that's kind of I'll just pick it off from where I left off in in the last in the last topic and yeah. that's by admitting, you know, when we see let's say for example, if there's somebody who has you know, a drinking problem or a drug problem or even mental issues, there is no pathway to healing yeah. until you admit that there's a problem. Absolutely. Until you are really willing to say openly and honestly, hey, I have this problem or we have this problem. Um, and that's where it begins. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's not, well, obviously the process is going to be long and long and, you know, difficult, but yeah. it's been laid out. And I, and if I can, I want to read real quick. Um, uh, I think the best it can do, it can say it better than I can. Yeah. And that was when we look back at Dr. Martin, Martin Luther King in his famous, I have a dream speech. Um, and so I want to read a portion to, to you, if that's okay. Again, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take a little bit of time. Go ahead. Go ahead. But he says, in, in a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent, magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was uh, to full air. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today 
that America has defaulted on this promissory note. Insofar as the citizens of color are concerned, instead of honoring this sacred obligation, American has, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check with, which has come back marked insufficient funds. I mean, like, that's, that's a drop the mic portion of what's a legendary speech. Yep. And so that if we, you know, the Bible tells us not to get all preachy or anything, that there's nothing new under the sun. And so from the problems that exist today to the solutions that are needed. And so you hear you have a man who, in and of, aside from being a civil rights activist, was also a man of God. And in, in the rest of his speech, you can clearly see that his message is, as long as there's a disconnect between the way that the kingdom tells us that we should live, the way that the American Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, that promissory note that he discussed, yeah. well, as long as there's a difference between that and the reality of what's being actually done exists, then we cannot begin to heal. We, be, we can't begin to move forward. And so, again, I reiterate what I said in the beginning, the pathway to, to healing, to moving forward, starts with admitting that there's a problem. It begins with people, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, conservative, liberal, or somewhere in the middle, to be able to say, especially the people of, of stature, from the president on down, these public officials, to be say, hey, we have this problem. We can't keep putting it like that family member that nobody wants to talk about their issue. We can't keep putting it under the rug. We can't keep sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. We have to be able to say, this is who we are. We have this issue. We don't want to stay like this, but this is part of who we are now so that we can begin to move forward. And right there in that, in that portion of that speech, you can see that. And this was what? In the 60s, yeah. where this man said, hey, you made a promise and you haven't delivered. It's been 60, almost 60 years and they still haven't delivered. Why? Because, again, you keep, when a cop, un, you know, kills an unarmed person of color, that was a bad apple. It, when a person, again, goes and shoots up a place. If they're a person of color, they're either a thug or a, per or a terrorist. Yep. If they're a, a, a Caucasian person, well, they're a lone wolf. They even make it sound cool. It's a lone wolf. Not a, not a terrorist. Not a thug. You hear, as we talk about sports, players, especially players of color, when they act out, oh, he was being a thug and a goon. No, the people that stormed into that building were thugs and goons. Yep. And so if yeah. to answer or to finish my point, that's how we begin a path forward or a path of healing or reconciliation is to first admit that we do have a problem as a society. Yeah, the first step in solving any problem is recognizing that there is one. And I, I may sound like I'm a bit pessimistic right now, um, but we, we're not at that point yet. Oh, you know, no, I've, I've been I've been diving into social media, 
watching from from whether it's the left or the right doesn't matter you watch you know the the right wing medias and they're and they're you know they're they're not calling them terrorists they're not no. calling them thugs they're not calling them for what they really are which is terrorists and thugs and criminals they're not right. doing that they're not doing that they're they're their point of view is they have the right to protest they have the right to be angry they have the right, right. to express their anger that's that's what they're saying you know and, and supporters of Donald Trump are coming out and saying well Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong even yeah. though he incited the entire thing yeah Giuliani didn't do anything wrong Donald Trump Jr didn't do anything wrong they you know these people these people didn't do anything wrong even though they you know it was it's a criminal offense to break into the yeah. capital of our country right so that, right. that that's doing nothing wrong right you know they they didn't kill anyone actually they did right yeah but it's just yeah. like and, and that's and that's where it begins you you said it perfectly the first step in, in in solving any problem is recognizing that there is one and unfortunately i don't think we're going to get to that point where we're going to recognize that there's a problem 74 yeah, million people voted for a guy that for the past four years all he's done is cause chaos all he's yep. done is that he's broken he, he does whatever he wants says whatever he wants it's been clear to our eyes but for some reason to them it's not clear the guy calls yeah. uh, um the the georgia elected officials or the georgia senator i believe to pressure the the senator to find him votes so that he can win uh, the Georgia. Secret, it was the, secret, the Secretary, uh, Secretary of State. Secretary of State, right? He, that, that's illegal. Yeah. That's illegal. He did the same thing with Ukraine where he was saying, hey, find me some dirt on Joe, uh, on, on, mm-hmm. on Joe Biden. Yeah. Like, this is the guy we're talking about here. But if you ask them, he's done nothing wrong. That's, oh, and, they, and, they don't bring it up. They have no problem yeah. bringing, bringing up Hillary Clinton's dirt right the email exactly <laughs> the email exactly. The locker up email. they have no problem bringing up joe biden not even about joe biden but about his son hunter biden right they have right. no problem bringing that up oh he's a criminal but when it comes mm-hmm. to donald trump they all turn a blind eye and they're yeah. gonna and they're going to continue to turn a blind eye now as far as joe biden you know and i, I agree with you he needs to acknowledge that there's a problem in this country he can't right. keep on with that nonsense about oh this is not who we really are no this is who we are this is who we are go back to history class look at our history this is exactly who we are so acknowledge that there's a problem and then find a way to build the bridge so that we can find our way and meet halfway whatever it is that you need to do that's what i'm hoping for that's what i'm praying for all right I disagree yeah. with what he said, but I do believe that between him and Trump, he's the right guy to, oh, absolutely. to, to find a way to unite what Donald Trump completely destroyed. Yeah, That was what Donald Trump did. The, the, the only purpose that Donald Trump fulfilled um, during his presidency is to open up the eyes to people who didn't know, to, to open up eyes and, and show that racism is still alive in this country. Yep. He did so much damage that he even he even split up the Republican Party. Yeah, destroyed yeah, his own true. party. Yep. So I'm I'm, I'm just true. hoping that you know that that that's what happens moving forward, man. That we can find a way. Right now, it doesn't look good because if you speak to a Trump supporter, Trump did nothing wrong. 
Yeah. He he lied to them for months about the the you know his conspiracies about the election being stolen and yada yada whatever, which has been disproven by his own courts. And yet they still believe Donald Trump. Yeah. How? I don't know. I don't no, know. I refuse that, to engage that, in any conversation with any Trump supporter at this point. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'd be willing to have a conversation, but it's like, again, it's uh, if there is no room to, to to say like, hey, maybe there's, you know, something wrong here or, you know, a pathway again to even acknowledging the fact that there is a problem, yeah. you know, then there is no there. Like you said, there's no conversation to be had, but, you know. You can't we, skip. Uh, you can't skip from the first step to the second step. You got to. You got to exactly. start off on the first, and the first step is recognizing that there's a problem. If you can't Absolutely. do that, then where do we go? Yeah, no, that's perfectly said. <laughs> that's right there. Yeah, man. But well, let's let's turn the the page and you know get to a little lighter side of conversation. <laughs> um, you know, definitely love those that topic. Um, not even well, I can't say love the topic because it's unfortunately that we still dealing with stuff like that but being able to express being able to express ourselves yeah yeah be able to say something and hopefully some good or at least some conversation comes of it yeah but you know over the weekend uh there was football you know which i guess was a, a somewhat sigh of relief for um for all of us dealing with the with the chaos and all the pressure that we're dealing right now and more importantly than football there was playoff football um, so wild card weekend came around, um, definitely some surprises. Um, so I just want to be able to break down with you. What were your thoughts and impressions? And obviously afterwards we can talk about who do we, uh, who do we think it's going to move on after this weekend coming up? Well, first of all, credit to Anthony, our friend who went yeah. six for six. He had the guts to pick the Browns against your people, your boys. Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. <laughs> yes. and he had I'll the talk about that a little bit. <laughs> and he had the guts to pick the Rams over the Seahawks. I didn't have the guts to do either. I actually thought yeah. that you know the Steelers would get their heads, you know, where they're supposed to be at, and 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 beat a team like the Cleveland Browns who barely beat them while they were throwing out their third stringers. I thought, right. hey, you know what? They throw out their first stringers, they're gonna win. They're gonna take care of the Browns, and no. It, it was 35 to nothing at one point. I yep. couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I'm, I'm going to, I'll, you know, you'll get to that. I'll leave that to you because I know you got a lot yeah, to talk yeah. about when it comes to the Steelers. Um, we talked about the Ravens and, and, and the Titans and how that was going to be a toss up. It basically was ended up being 20 to 13. Um, it's exactly what it was. But, you know, obviously the biggest mistake I see in that game was the fact that the Titans for some weird reason, you know, refused not to make Lamar Jackson a passer. Lamar Jackson ran all over the field, about 136 yards. Yeah. Threw for like 100 and something yards or whatever. But the fact that, yeah, 136 yards and a touchdown. He ran, he had better stats than Derrick Henry, who ran for 40 yards only and no touchdowns. The fact that they didn't make him a, a thrower of the football first, that was their biggest mistake right there. And it cost him, obviously. Um, when we talk about my boy Tom Brady, I'm always gonna bring him up every time we talk football, cause um, you know he's moving on to the divisional round. My boy was looking like he's thir- you know he's 25 out there, 381 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. No, you 
So let's be clear. We watched that game together, and you were not as cool and collective as you are right now. But let's, it wasn't, let's put that out all right, there. You know what? Yes, let's be honest. I wasn't <laughs> as cool and collective as I am right now. I was actually very frustrated, but it wasn't because of Tom Brady. And you know this. I kept talking no, about that, that defense that made uh, whatever his first name is, Henneke, Heineken, whatever, mm-hmm. made him look like he was Aaron Rodgers out there. Like that, that, that secondary is just bad. And obviously going into this divisional matchup against the saints, that is my number one fear. You're going up against Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. I believe he's healthy now. Alvin Kamara. Like these people are the real deal. They're the most complete team in the NFL. Right. Right there with the Kansas city chiefs. So that whole, or you're just allowing anybody to throw 300 yards. Um, Chris Mims, out here, cat, you know, a hundred over a hundred yards receiving. Y'all got to get your act together on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not worried. It's the defensive side of the ball that I'm worried about. And obviously, I, I, what I'm hoping for, moving forward, is to get the matchups that we all want. We all want that Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers matchup. I do think the Packers will take care of the Rams, even though I said the Seahawks will take care of the Rams, and it didn't happen. You know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. fall on my face on that. We all want that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady matchup. And then, obviously, on the AFC side, it's tough to see somebody beat that Kansas City Chiefs team. Can the the, the Ravens get their act together? I don't know. Can the Browns be that Cinderella story and and, and take care of them? They're, I think they're facing off in, this, in, in the divisional round now. So, mm-hmm. man, football is here, and I'm excited. So, I don't know what, what what's your take on everything that happened before before I go on to my takes because I because I'm I'm taking notes. So, <laughs> you have Green Bay, or do you have the Rams? Oh no, I got Green Bay. I got Green Bay. Okay, so you got Green Bay. Obviously, you're gonna go with Tampa Bay, of course. Um, and so on the AFC from the from the Bills uh, matchup, and for well, you have the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs face off against the Bills. Am I right? No, no, I believe the the Bills, uh, the Kansas City plays the Cleveland. Okay, so there I got Kansas City, man. As much as mm-hmm. I would want to pick the Browns, I'm going to have to take the Kansas City Chiefs. And then from the other matchup, from got, the Bills and Ravens? I got the Bills. Okay, Buffalo. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, on my side, there were two, I guess, main takeaways that, that – um, well, one wasn't really so much a surprise uh, to me um, – you know, and that was the Rams. I, I was impressed by their defense, but then Jesus. again, that is their defense. You know, the way that they were able to, um, like, for a quarterback like Russell Wilson, they played the perfect game. Because oh, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, yeah. an elite quarterback. But the genius, or I would say, where you see the strength of Russell Wilson is his ability to be able to get out of the pocket, extend the play to give his receivers a some time to be able to like improvise. Yeah. And obviously he has the arm to be, to put a perfect pass or to, to fling it downfield. And the Rams defense didn't give him that opportunity. Um, down after down, you kept seeing the, the edge, uh, the edge rushers be able to penetrate and basically not allow him to get outside of the pocket. And then in the middle, you know that you have Aaron Donald just coming in, bulldozing his way yeah, um, and getting to the quarterback. And so that's the perfect way that you play a quarterback like that, where you don't allow him to be able to get out anywhere. 
and you know you and he's not gonna have any time to really do anything else. Yeah. And their their um their secondary, obviously led by Jalen Ramsey, is is good. And so I think that you know as I watched the game, obviously you you would have hoped for a competitive game. If anything, I thought that if they were gonna lose, it was gonna be because Jared Goff was gonna mess it up. But he played decent enough, and that defense just took over. Um, and the other thing for me was obviously my Steelers. And um, take your to time me, with they, this one. Yeah. Take your time with this one. Oh no, I'm definitely gonna take my time <laughs> with this one, just like I have with the other with the other subjects, um, or the other topics, I should say. I they got exposed. I think that they they got exposed, and then there's also a game where like you just had some really really bad breaks. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to talk about having a bad break and setting the tone for a game to go wrong, all you have to look at is that first snap. The first snap, yep. <laughs> you know, like that to me when I sat, as I was like getting comfortable, I was literally getting comfortable as that first um, snap is happening. And then I hear the announcers just, the ball goes over his head. And then I turn to the TV and then all of a sudden I see the ball in the end zone and you see Big Ben like, um, just not being able to just like drop to the ground to to fall on the ball, um, showing his age, showing his conditioning, and that ball, and they just jumped out to the lead. You saw these two batted passes like within minutes where they turned it into an interception. And so, at the end of the day, he he had. I mean, he still threw for five hundred yards. He still put up four touchdowns. I mean, he threw about sixty three passes. So yeah. There's oh, that. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, definitely. But hey, your boy put up 500 yards when he um lost to the Eagles. So no, chill, what I'm chill. saying, I'm disrespecting. Just saying, <laughs> like at the end of the day, they um he showed that he can perform. But honestly, and I and I I uh, love Big Ben as a player because obviously outside of the field, there's some stuff that you that's not really you know really good in his yeah. history, but. I think to me it showed that I think his time may be up um, and that, you know, Pittsburgh needs to be looking to the future because not only do you see, and that's why I'm, I'm going to keep saying the yeah. same thing that they got exposed. Um, you saw throughout the year that their strength was having these explosive receivers, which they still have, but now Big Ben cannot move around like he used to. He cannot ex- extend plays like which was he used. A, which was a huge part of his game, right? Yeah, he can't run for the for when there is no throw. He can't really run down the field mm-hmm. like he used to. Um, and so they relied on his ability to just get the ball out of his hands in like less than two seconds, which in the NFL is not really sustainable because defenses are going to adapt to that. Yeah. And the other part that got exposed to me, and this is the one that I found the most surprising, I think, of all, is how much, as the season, the season, excuse me, went on, how much Pittsburgh went away from its running game. Yeah. And for as long as I've been watching football, which is now, I want to say, about 40 years, something like that. (laughs) Um, And as long as I've been a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're They've had two identities: the the defense going all the way back to the seventies, yeah, 
But then there's also had, in, especially in the modern history, a great running attack from the Jerome Bettises of the world to the Le'Veon Bells of the world. Um, and James Conner was a pro bowler a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so for them to just um, abandon the run speaks to either they still have a great offensive line, so either they don't trust James Conner anymore or, again, they don't trust the play calling. And so that's what I'm saying, that they got exposed. And to me, this year seems like a year where Pittsburgh is going to have to rebuild in certain areas. Um, if you don't trust James Conner, then you know what? Move on and get a, a get another running back, whether it's through the draft or trade or sign or whatever. And it seems like they need to get a quarterback. And maybe they'll need to draft one. Even if you, I guess, you try to give Big Ben one last season or maybe put him in there just to... Um, to coach up the next guy. But it just seemed to me that they got exposed. Even the defense didn't play that great, and that was, you know, their whole mark the whole year. But it just seems that they got to retool a little bit um, because it showed that the, their true identity was the last five weeks and not the first 11 weeks that we saw into the season where they were undefeated and everybody was talking about, you know, were they going to go 16-0 or not. And so... They um they definitely need to revamp. And as far as uh, my picks, I'll be quick on that end. Uh, I definitely have the Chiefs in the AFC. Um, I also think the Bills are going to move on. I think their team is like playing lights out right now on both yeah. sides of the ball. Um, now hmm. I do want to pick Green Bay as as uh, as you, but if I had to pick an upset of the week, I think that would be it. Because as great as Aaron Rodgers has Rodgers has been this year, his you know potential MVP season, man, that defense can can get to anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. So if, and so if there's a game that I was gonna say, hey, this is the one that somebody might get upset, it's that. And then in my last pick, and I leave this for last because I know you're gonna say it's hating. I think that your boy, I don't think they go any further this week. Not him. Mm. Excuse. Me. I think that the Saints move on. I think that the Saints, as you alluded to, are one of the most complete teams in the league right now. And so you know that Drew Brees, barring any injuries or anything, right, that, that offense side of the ball is going to ball out. You know Alvin Kamara is going to do his thing. Um, you know that, you know, with Michael Thomas and, the, and Emmanuel Sanders and the rest of these guys, uh, Drew Brees is going to ball out. And so, and their defense is pretty good. Yeah, I won't get at, so, I won't get at you for that. Listen, you know, I, I'm being a homer by picking the Bucks. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm being a homer, rooting for Tom Brady. Yeah. The Saints are yeah, the better no, team. The Saints are the better team. Yeah. And so I would, I not that I would be surprised because obviously when you have you know um, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time fix and that, a team fix that, that fix that fix that please the greatest the quarterback, quarterback the greatest quarterback of all time. In your humble opinion, wow. in mine, not so much. But um, so yeah, I think that the that I think that the the Saints are the better team, um, and I think that they will move on to to the next round. And, and instead of the Brady Rogers, I think we may get the Brady um, Breeze matchup this year. I'm sorry, the the Rogers and Rogers Breeze. Breeze. And so that's those are my picks. For, so that's your for the, so that's your upset. Your upset. Oh well, your upset basically is the Rams over the Packers, right? 
Well, that's if I was gonna, I'm gonna pick the Packers. Why don't we go ahead? Was, why don't we go ahead and give our who has the best chance to upset as well? Add that to it. So you got the Rams. Okay. So that yeah, the Rams is my biggest chance to, okay. to upset. So my yeah. biggest chance, obviously, I'm picking outright. I'm picking the Bucks to beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. You know, I could pick that as my as my upset alert, right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm okay. another another upset alert that I I think could very well happen is the Browns over the Chiefs. Even though I picked the Chiefs to beat the Browns, the fact that the the Browns can play defense and there's another defense, right? That that was something else you can use as a defense as well, and it's your running game. They can run the heck out of the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If, yeah. if they could somehow win time of possession, I don't know, 39 minutes to, to 20, whatever. I'm not adding it up correctly. Don't kill me on that. Right. But <laughs> if they could somehow. Actually, you were not. You weren't. 39-21, right? Right. 39-21. Yeah. If they can somehow, you know, win time of possession, keep the Chiefs, you know, off the field, I think they've got a chance. I think they've got a chance. We can say that about most of the matchups, whether it's the Rams and that freaking crazy ass defense they have, right? Sticking Jalen Ramsey on on Devonte Adams, they could definitely do that. And then Donald, I mean, ain't nobody stopping him, right? No one's stopping him. But yep. obviously, Aaron Rodgers, being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, he's smart enough to know that's gonna come. Um, so we can go down the list and we can say, I see an upset here. Obviously, we're just picking one. It's going to be, either way, it's going to be a great divisional week. Um, Absolutely. And it's going to be it's gonna be fun to watch. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see Tom Brady, you know, making it to the championship round in the <laughs> NFC. I know you're going to be okay. butthurt about that. And it's, and it's very oh, clear. Man, listen, no, 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 not at all, man. Listen, I give props where props are due. And for this guy to still be doing it at 40, Forty-three. Um, um, I give credit to him. I just honestly think that this is the better team. You know, even coming into this week, I yeah. said, "Hey, um, he has to look out for that defense, which was like putting pressure, especially Chase Young." Still dropped three hundred eighty-one yards on him. Right, but I think that the the biggest factor for for Washington losing was the fact that their offense couldn't really stay on the field for that long. Oh, no, that's and true. So, that's true. You know, so eventually yeah. a quarterback like Tom Brady is going to tire you out. It's going to tire that defense out. They have weapons in themselves from the running game to the to the receivers. So I think that had Washington had a better quarterback, um, not saying that they would have won, but at least it would have made it a little bit more competitive because that defense would have been able to rest a little bit more. But this guy had a few good moments, but at the end of the day, he wasn't really moving the ball all the way downfield. And so I obviously coming into this week, he's not going just going to be facing a better quarterback. Better he's going to be facing a better. No, and well, one not of the really. You can, because you look at the, the Washington football team, their defense, I think was second overall, which was no, above. No, no. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, excuse me, is that, that the breed um the, the, the Saints offense yeah. is going to be good enough where they're going to stay on the field for oh, a yeah. significant yeah. amount of time. So it's not going to be like Washington where their defense is going to be uh, tired out because the offense isn't any good. That's what I mean. No, no, absolutely. So it, either way, it's going to be it's going to be a, a wonderful weekend of football. 
Um, Absolutely. I can't wait. Maybe maybe we get get together again and watch the games, and you can see me lose my mind watching the Bucks. I mean, play. oh man, I don't I don't know if I could do that for two weeks in a row. <laughs> that be nice, that, be nice. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it's gonna um, be fun. No, it's gonna be fun either way. Either way, man. Looking forward to that. But yeah, man, that's gonna do it for us. That's uh, you know, the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. Um, as always, we want to say thank you for listening, for supporting. Um, and we just ask you to continue doing that by going to your favorite streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, whatever it is, and just give us a listen. Give our podcast, our humble podcast, a, um, a subscribe, rate, and review. Help us grow in 2021. And most of all, you know, enjoy it and, you know, be part of our conversations. Yeah, make sure to check us out on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on IG. We're on Facebook. That's where we post most of our, our content as well, as well as the audio aspect of things. So go check us out there. You know, comment, share, be a part of the conversation, as we always love to say. So that's going to be it for the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Juan. I'm Victor. All right. Peace out. Later.